Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. We are in our series uh, called Our God of Abundance. And uh, this is week four. We've been going through several scriptures and um, looking at this God of abundance. And he is all over the Bible. Did you know that? I mean, he's all over the Bible. And you can't escape it if you look at it honestly. You can't escape it when you're looking for it. You know, we, we talked about last week that it's he who comes to God must believe that he is. Uh, Hebrews 11:6. it's with, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him, who search him out, who are looking into every dimension of who he is. And he says he's a rewarder which means we believe that He is, that He is God, which means we understand He's capable. If you admit that He's God, then you admit that He can. But also, you also must believe that He will. It's not just enough for us to know that God can. What good does it do you to know that only God is powerful, but that's all you know? No, no, no. He's not only able, but He's willing. And that's the great thing about our God. He's a personal God. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. And He has reached down to humanity when He, God, became a man and dwelt among us and lived among us. And, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of God. God became a man. And that man, Jesus Christ, is seated next to the Heavenly Father right now. And I like the way Timothy says it. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. So we, but we've been looking through the scriptures on this subject of abundance because the first time God introduced himself as the God of abundance or the God of more than enough or the all-sufficient sustainer, the Hebrew being El Shaddai, was in Genesis chapter 17, the first time we see the name El Shaddai, and it's when God comes to make covenant with a man by the name of Abraham. Actually, at the time, his name was Abram, which means father. By the end of that conversation, though, God had changed Abram's name to Abraham, meaning father of many nations, or as Paul later said in Romans chapter 4, father of the world, the heir of the world. And so God shows himself in this way, introduces himself as I am your all-sufficient sustainer, Abraham. I am your God of more than enough. I am the one who has the power to bless you with all manner of blessings. And apparently Abraham took him at his word. And God said, this is what that looks like when I am El Shaddai. This is what that looks like in your life. I will multiply you exceedingly. Wow. You know, you might be thinking, well, that's great, but that's Abraham. I am where I am. It's 2018. That's a long time ago, yeah. But if you are a believer, if you're a child of God, you've put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then what blessing was on Abraham is also on you. As a matter of fact, Jesus Christ had to die for you to get that blessing. Galatians chapter 3 says that Christ has redeemed us, verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And then verse 14 says that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Any Gentiles in here? Yeah, a lot of you. Almost all of you. You only make up like 99 point, 
8% of the earth population. So, yeah, it's a good chance you're a Gentile. That the blessing of Abraham would come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Then you jump down to verse 29 of Galatians 3, and it says, And if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. You know what that just said? Whatever Abraham got, you get. By faith in Jesus. That's our access to every good thing. That's our access into the abundance that this God of abundance is really pleased to give us and pleased to bring into our lives. You know, this, it's, it's sad to me that there are many out there who do believe in God, who, who denigrate and who talk down on prosperity. It, it just it blows my mind. Why? For fear of, and here's why, for fear that has to be the only thing. It's, well, ignorance, fear, and I won't, I'll, I'll just assume that that's that, and they're not actually deceivers, all right? We won't call them deceivers. For fear, fear of what? The love of money. And so we don't want people to go after the wrong thing. We don't want people to desire the wrong thing, so then we'll speak against this, and maybe that'll keep them from it. Au contraire, my friend. Haven't we figured out how humanity works apart from Christ? Haven't we figured out how this flesh likes to behave when it's told not to? What does it do? Then I'm going to. If you tell me no, then I'm going to say yes. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet. And what do we do? We fight it. We fight it. We go against it. Because that is the fallen nature of man. It's the fallen nature, and you find that in the flesh. And as a Christian, it's a struggle, isn't it? Because you have everything in you that wants to please God, right? You are a, a, a justified spirit living in an unglorified body. And there's the war. There's the battle. And so these two are contrary to one another, and, and, and they will always be that way until we are made whole in this salvation, spirit, soul, and body. But for now, it's, that's the struggle. And, 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 and to struggle against this, and that's why I wanted to teach this to you, so that you don't ever accept lack as something that comes from God. That you don't accept poverty and poor, poor living as that which comes from God, because God has proved him, proven himself way otherwise in the Scriptures. Amen. Poverty is not a blessing, it's a curse. It is a curse. Lack is a curse. And those who trust in the Lord, the Scripture says, will not lack any good thing. And so we've been looking through the Scriptures to see this God of abundance. What does this mean, the God of more than enough? So let's look at Ephesians chapter 3 finally, as I meant to get there a little while ago. And this is the Amplified Version, uh, more specifically um, the 2015 Version. Uh, amplified Version. It's a little more succinct. And so we're just going to read these two verses together. This has been our launch pad from the beginning, and we're going to get into some other stuff today. Amen. Are you ready? All right, let's read this together. Ready? Read. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Verse 21. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. That's a good, good bit of Scripture there, isn't it? Don't you feel better just reading that? 
Praise the Lord. So this has presented, is presented to us. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think, what we could dare dream, think, or ask. Think about that. Why is he telling us that? So that we'll believe it, so that he can prove that to us. Amen. He's able to do it. Do you believe he's willing to do it for you? And he is. All right, now we're going to go back to the Old Testament for a moment, to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8. It's the fifth book in the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Part of what's called the Pentateuch. And guys like the Apostle Paul had to have the first five books of the Bible memorized to be the level of uh, the Pharisee level that he was at as a religious leader of his time. Had to have the first five books. Now, I don't know if you've ever read the first five books, but, you know, Genesis is pretty cool. and There's a lot of cool stuff. And then Exodus. And then you get over into Leviticus and, like, numbers. And it's just genealogy, 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 genealogy. They had to memorize that stuff. And Deuteronomy has quite a bit of that too. But this says, and you shall remember, this is the Lord speaking to his people, and you shall remember the Lord your God. Everybody say, remember the Lord your God. All right? For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Who's giving you the power? And he's getting you power to get what? Wealth. Wealth. He gives you. God gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your father's as it is this day. Now, this day, that this day that this is speaking of is this day under the law. All right? By then, by this point, the law has come, the law of God, or what we know as the Ten Commandments. And when the law came, then, then that began to define Israel as a nation that was um, given to those laws. Those laws did not apply to the rest of the world, contrary to popular preaching. Those laws only applied to the children of Israel. We need to get the Ten Commandments back. No, 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 they, it never applied to us. We need the gospel is what we need. We need the gospel. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again. Amen. That law was never for you, Gentile. Quit acting like that. Amen. I don't care what your Sunday school teacher told you. It's not true. It was for the children of Israel. We get arrogant and think it all applies to us. No, it's not true. Amen. Okay. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish. Now, here's the, here's the cool thing. I love this about the word. All the promises from Old Covenant to New Covenant all apply to us. Every promise. See, every curse, everything that was against us stopped at that cross. And only blessing then was allowed to come through to us. Do not err, James said, every good gift and every perfect gift. Is from above and comes down from the Father of lights who gives you power to get wealth. I love this. This word power here it, uh, is, the, is the Hebrew word koach. It's K-O-A-H. Koach. 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 Come on, try it. Koach. K-O-A-H. And it means strength. It also means ability. But one of the, also one of the definitions of koach is chameleon. Interesting. Chameleon or lizard, but mainly chameleon. And a chameleon, what does a chameleon do? Well, a chameleon, when it crosses, you see a chameleon walking on a limb or it'll walk across a, a pile of leaves 
and, and it will turn the same color as those leaves. It will start to look exactly like what it's covering. What he's saying here is he gives you the power to adapt to wealth. To adapt, he's made you for this. He's created you for this. And he's given you the ability, the power to adapt to it so that wealth doesn't destroy you. Amen. Well, how's that going to happen? When you remember the Lord your God. You got this wealth not because you did it, not because you're something special, but because He has blessed you. The Almighty has shown up. El Shaddai, the all-sufficient sustainer, has shown up on your behalf, and He has blessed you with all manner of blessing. And when you remember that, my family, then you can adapt to that, and that does not control your life. Money will never be your Lord. It will never be your master. It will always be your servant. And it makes a much better servant than it does a master. You were created for this so that you not only are blessed, but that you can be a blessing. That blessing of Abraham that is on you today is what God declared over Abraham. I will bless you and you will be a blessing. Let's not forget. Let's not buy into the I'm just blessed to be a blessing. That's a cool little thing that the church has said for years. I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's part of it. You're blessed and you are a blessing. God doesn't want you to just be some conduit of blessing. He wants to bless you and you be a blessing. Amen. He loves you too. He wants you living in it. Amen. Koach. And He gives you abundance and He gives you the ability to adapt to this abundance. Let's say this together, Lord. I remember you. I thank you that you give me power to get wealth, and I receive it. Thank you that you have the power to bless me. So let it be to me according to your promise. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we got to keep moving. I know what time it is. Genesis chapter 1, verse 20. Let's look at this. We're going we're gonna to be getting over into a lot more New Testament stuff a little down the road. But I just want you to say, we have to look throughout the Scriptures. He's everywhere. This God of abundance is everywhere. Then God said, let the waters abound with an abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. Firmament just means sky. Uh, verse 21, so God created great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. He likes abundance, doesn't he? And God blessed them. Who did he bless? Who did he bless? He blessed the animals. He blessed the creatures, didn't he? And saying, blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. God wants uh, animals and he wants a bunch of them. Be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful and multiply and fill. Do you see that? Be fruitful and multiply and fill. It is the will of God for His created beings to be fruitful, to multiply, and to fill. Fruitfulness is addition to your life. It's addition to your life. Then you get into multiply. Well, that's another realm, isn't it? From fruitfulness, from addition to multiplying. Now you're getting into the exponential kind of reality. And then following right behind that is filling it up. Fill it which takes you to the extreme condition. Filled up. Fill the earth. It is God's will for your life to have things added to it, fruitfulness, for your life to multiply so that you can cause others also to be able to experience what you're experiencing. 
Amen. And then to take you all the way to being filled. Look at verse 27 of this same chapter, Genesis 1. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, verse 28. And then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill their... We've heard this before, haven't we? The same blessing that he gave to the creatures, to the animals, he also gave to man. But he added one more thing. And subdue it. In other words, you're at the top of the food chain. He didn't tell the animals they were in charge. He told man he was in charge. He told man and woman, you're in charge. Subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. I want to I wanna just help us remember something today, that this earth was not, that, that we were not created for this earth. The earth was created for us. There are many out there who've got this whole backwards thinking that we owe planet earth something. Well, we do. We owe it to have dominion. We owe it to subdue it. Amen. And, and so to remember, have the right perspective that it was created for us, not us for it. Amen. We are the ones to subdue. We are the ones to have dominion. Now, that, that does not mean that you pollute the earth. It means you subdue the earth. Amen. Everything on it is made for us. Genesis chapter 6. Got to keep moving. Whew, wow, that time just keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping. Now, it came to pass when man began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Some of you avid Bible readers and studiers can probably have some pretty good explanation on what the heck this is talking about. Um, I don't have time to even give my opinion because I really don't have one. Um, I just know that this, this event is odd. That the sons of God had relations with the daughters of men and they produced giants. Okay? And, and as a result, this would be the setup for the flood, for the great flood. It's, this would be basically the straw that broke the camel's back. Um, like I said, there's all, all, all kinds of ideas. Some say this was, uh, these, these were uh, angelic beings that came down and mated with human women or, or, it, was, or it was people of, of strong faith, of nobility and faith who, who mixed with pagan people. I don't know. I'm just telling you we don't have time to get into it. All we do know is that the world is set up now for a bad, bad things to happen. Judgment is coming from God where the whole world is going to be washed away in water except eight people because the scripture says Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Aren't you grateful for that today? You children of Noah, we're all here because he found grace in the eyes of God. He and his wife, their three sons and their three daughters-in-law. And then they brought on two of every kind of animal uh, and then seven of some others. So, but there are many who think that that was because the earth was overpopulated, so God then did something to decrease the surplus population. And that's not so. Look at verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. Now, some of you might be thinking, you know, times are bad today. We don't have times like this. Think about this. Every the wickedness of man was great in the earth that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, there's a few knuckleheads that are walking around representing this. But this is the whole. 
But for some reason, Noah found grace. Some people act like Noah was living righteously and all of a sudden grace came to him. No, 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 that's not how grace works. Grace comes to you undeserved, unearning it. God found a man to just show grace to. But that grace lifted him up to be righteous in all of his generation. It was when grace found Noah that he lived up to this righteous standard. Do you see why we preach grace? Because grace, is, grace causes you to live above sin. It causes you to live, in your, live your righteous condition out in your life. Amen. Grace, Noah found grace. And so, whew, wow, everybody was thinking bad thoughts all the time. Their hearts were set on it. And God saw that this has to change. So the judgment was not about the multiplication of man, but about the multiplication of evil in the earth and the depth of that evil. Because if, if multiplication were the problem, then God would not have said later what he did say to Noah in Genesis chapter 8, after they, the, the world had been cleansed of all of that and, and God's judgment had been accomplished. And now he speaks to Noah saying to him, look at this, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply. So us populating more and more, humanity populating on the earth is not a problem. That's a blessing. It's part of God's blessing. If you think that we're overpopulated, just go where I went two weeks ago out to New Mexico. You will drive a long, 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 long way before you see another human being. There, I mean, there, there is so much expanse in our country even still, and, and really all over the world. There, there, so that, let's not freak out about that. Multiplication is a blessing from God. I'm almost through. It is God's will for you as believers to have more than enough. He wants to get it to you and He wants to get it through you. He wants to bless you. Blessing spilling over. Let's go to one last place. This is just a snapshot into where we're going next week. John 10.10. John chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus speaking, He says, the thief. Who's the thief? Hmm? It's a good guess. Yeah, the devil. Does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. It's a bad dude, isn't it? This is his MO. That's what he says. He doesn't come. He has a threefold purpose. This is it. He does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. Okay? I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus showed us some interesting things here. Number one, he and the devil are not on the same team, not even close. He's on our side. The devil's not on our side. He's for us. The devil's not for us. He wants to bless us and give us life. The devil does not want to do that. He's looking, lurking around, seeking whom he may devour, looking for an op opportunity to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And watch this. This is interesting. If you have your Bible there with you in your lap or you have maybe on your phone or something and, and you're looking at, let's say, this New King James Version, 
you'll notice something in this passage that is one word that is here that was added by the translators, those who put the Bible together. And for the most part, they really did a good job. But there is one word that was added by the translators. It's not in the original manuscript, and it is the word it. And that they may have... What if we just took it out? Let's read it how it was originally said. I have come that they may have life and that they may have more abundantly. See, now this makes more sense in context to the comparison. Because the comparison is about destruction, death, and thievery. The devil robbing from you, all right? Jesus said, I came to give life. Okay, well, there's the antithesis to the destruction and the killing. And that you may have more abundantly. Oh, this is good. The devil comes to rob from you, but I'm coming to give to you not just enough. I'm coming to take you over into abundance. I'm here to give you life and abundance in this life. It doesn't make sense for him to say, I'm going to give you life and I'm going to keep on giving you more life and more life and more life. I came to give you life and abundance in this life. Woo! That's powerful. And that kicks the devil right in the teeth and hopefully sends him straight to hell. Our all-sufficient sustainer, the one who has the power to bless us regardless of our circumstances. God doesn't need things to work out in the right way. He doesn't need the circumstances to all come together in order to bless you. He has the power to bless you amidst or, 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 or uh, 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 despite your circumstances. And you need that. Because many times people are looking for, if I just had that position, if I just had that job, if I just had that marriage, if I just had that, if I, if I could just live there, if I could just go there, then, then, then. No, no, no. God, see, God doesn't need any of that. He has the power to bless you no matter where you are, no matter who you're married to, no matter how much money you make. He has the power to bless you with all manner of blessing. Amen. But he's looking, he just needs somebody to believe it. He needs somebody to say, I believe that you are and that you are a rewarder. Amen. I believe that you can and I also believe that you will. I, I know that you have a, a covenant that you're continuing to establish today, and that covenant is established through you giving me the power to get wealth, to bless me so that in turn I'm blessed and I can bless others as well. And, and who gets the glory in that? Only God. Only God. Because people stand back and say, you weren't smart enough to do that. How, how is that in your life when you're only making this much? How are you that blessed? How is this happening? The all-sufficient sustainer has shown up in my life. And to him be the glory. And the scripture says to let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time today. Thank you for every precious soul that's here. Those that are watching on live stream and those that are listening by our podcast. Thank you, Lord, for every ear that has heard to this message today. And I'm asking you now, Lord, that you would seal up this word in their hearts and their minds. That they would begin to, when they go into their life this week, to their job, to their home, wherever they go, that they will go with the understanding and with faith to believe God has the power to bless me 
with all manner of blessing. My all-sufficient sustainer is with me. And he will bless me. And I expect it. I expect to live in what he (laughs) freely gives me exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask or think. I'm going to ask him, but I'm going to expect him to exceed what I ask. I'm going to seek him out, but I'm going to expect to find way more than what I was looking for. Because he is the God of more than enough. Thank you, Lord, for that. I pray, Father God, for those that are here today who are in lack, that no longer would that be their reality. Those who are in need, those who are in debt, Father God, that you would show up strong on their behalf, El Shaddai, and show them what you can do and will do. Thank you, Father, that this people shall know their God, and they shall be strong, and they shall do exploits in the earth. And we thank you, Lord, that all of this came to us. This blessing came to us and is available and readily available to us because Christ died for our sins and he was buried and he rose again the third day. And that has ensured for us every good thing from God. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Thank you for the gospel that whoever believes on Jesus will receive everlasting life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.